If you brought your Bibles this morning, you want to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16, uh, and you can mark that place. Uh, we might read in a couple of places in Acts, but let's start with Acts chapter 16. But we want to go back into the uh, book of Job for just a moment uh, and turn back there to Job chapter 9. Uh, that's where we're going to begin reading this morning. So if you got your Bibles and you got a bookmark, go ahead and bookmark somewhere around uh, Acts chapter 16. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, and go back into the Old Testament for just a moment, and let's go to the book of Job, chapter 9. Uh, Job, chapter 9. Uh, we're going to begin reading here in just a moment. And as you're turning to those two places, I want to read to you, if I can, Job, chapter 9, and verse 2. Job, chapter 9, and verse 2 says, How should a man be just with God? And that's a question. This morning, my title would be my thought when I read that question or my reaction to that question was, what an absolutely remarkable question. What's the hardest question that you've ever been asked? Think about that for just a minute. What's the hardest question you've ever been asked? Now, in the grand scheme of things, and I don't want to get into a lot of, uh, of details of, of uh, the, the difference in all these things, but... You know, a lot of times we ask recall questions. And, and recall question is, I ask you a question, are the lights on, yes or no? It's kind of a, just a simple answer to that. Those are easy questions. If you can see and you understand the lights are on, they're either on or they're off. You know, is there a book or whatever? It's, it, it's pretty much a, a, a yes-no question. Sometimes there's questions that are asked that, that dive into your thinking a little bit. What that means is that they're kind of open-ended, but they try to get you to think a little more and try to get you to answer questions maybe a, a little bit uh, deeper. There's what's referred to as a, a comparative question. Now, a comparative question is you're taking two things and you're comparing them almost by saying, what's the difference between the two? But as you look at what Job is doing here, this is what I would call a probing question. Now, the whole idea behind probing questions is you try to get people to understand the deeper meaning of something. Folks, a great fear that I have is that people know God, but they don't know the deeper meaning in having a relationship with God. Listen to Job's question. Now, before I read this question to you again, mind you of all the things that Job had gone through already at this point in his life. Job is not asking this question so that he might come to an answer. He wants his friend to come. The Bildad is going to come to that same conclusion. In other words, he wants him to come to a deeper meaning of the question that says, how should a man be just with God? Elphaz uh, was one of Job's three close friends that we read about a little bit. Elphaz had this idea that uh, he basically felt like if you get to the end of the book of Job that if you did this, this was God's punishment to you. Now we see that there was another friend by the name of Zophar and now we're reading about Bildad in the 8th chapter and, and Job begins to ask Bildad a question there in chapter 9. He knew the answer to this but he wanted Bildad to understand this. Folks, I can tell you all day long what does it take to be just and right with God. It's not about whether I know what it takes to be just and right with God, but do you know what it takes to be just and right with God? Let me read to you that question again. 
He asked him that question there. He says, how should a man be just with God? Now, if you want to go back into the 8th chapter for just a minute. Then answered Bildad the, the, the Shuhite and said, How long would thou speak these things? You see, Bildad, his name itself meant confused. Bildad was a confused person. Now, Job's friends, they seemingly, the, the whole book of Job is about his friends and their contradiction to God. And you notice one thing, Job did not waver. He wanted his friends to understand God the way that he understood God. You know what, folks? There is nothing that I would love more than people in my life to understand God the way that I understand God. I can't answer the question there in that ninth chapter and second verse. How should a man be just, which means to be righteous with God? I know the answer to that. But do you know the answer to that here this morning? So we see that, that Bildad got to that point that uh, he didn't understand and he was questioned. He says, look at what's happened to you. And about the third verse, I guess it is, or the fourth verse of the eighth chapter, he says, Job, all these problems are happening in your life because of something your children's done. Job's trying to tell them, wait a minute. We are all sinners and we all need help in our life. It's not about the actions of this person or that person or this or that. It's about we are sinful people and we need God. Here we are in 2022. I will still say this very deeply convicted that folks, we are sinful people and we all need to be made just with God. But the question is that Job said, how should a man be just with God? What's the hardest question you've ever been asked? What's the toughest question you've ever come up with? You see, sometimes when it comes to recall, somebody might ask us a question like, what is seven times seven? And we struggle because we're like, okay, I don't know the answer to that. Sometimes we know the answer, but it's a tough question because we don't, we don't know how they're going to respond to what we're going to. Has anybody ever been asked a question and say, well, let so-and-so explain that to you? Or let them explain that to you. You know the answer, but it's a tough question. First Kings chapter 10, I believe it is, the Queen of Sheba, she had, there were some hard questions that the queen had for Solomon. And the Bible says that she went in and she asked her questions and she got answers. There was no confusion anymore. Is there anybody here this morning confused about what does it take for a man to be just with God? If you mark the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, Let's read some familiar scripture there. Paul and Silas in the jail was asked a, what I would call a, a pretty amazing question. I would call this a, a, a question that's uh, very remarkable. It said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's a tough question. But I'm thankful that there is an answer. And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved and thy house. If you're there in the book of Acts, turn back just for a second. I think it's about the third chapter of the book of Acts. Second chapter of Acts. In the 37 verse it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren... What shall we do? They've heard it. They've felt it. 
They want to respond to it, and what a remarkable question it is that they wanted to know, what shall we do? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Job's question here in the ninth chapter said, how should a man be just? You see, the word just, we're going to read a little bit, just means to be forgiven of something. You're not exempt from the fact that you did it. Let's understand a word here. It's almost like what we would understand the word pardon. You see, the President of the United States can pardon an individual. It doesn't take away their guiltiness. It takes away their sentence. When we talk about just being just with God, it's a pureness that is given to us as if we had not sinned. Now, again, we're talking about two different things. But you see today, the soul of man can be restored back to its sinless condition that God intended for it. But that's only going to be done by, by being just with God is only by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see when a person becomes just, they're restored back to a state. In other words, when a person is pardoned, their, their rights and freedoms are restored. They go back to that state again. Here Job asks a question. He said, how should a man be just with God? I'm sure this morning that a lot of you are probably better at trivia than I am. Matter of fact, if you know me very well and you want to sit down and play a trivia game with me, I'm not very good at that. Sometimes they'll say, well, let's play Bible trivia. And I want to say, I'm not good at Bible trivia. I'm just, for some reason, the way I am, I am not a trivia person. And what I mean by that is, I can't answer a lot of questions. I'm not the one that knows the details and I'm not the person. I can look them up and I can get answers. But I'm not the one that always has the answers right off the top of my mind where I can just spit these things out. But I can tell you one question that I can answer right now is, how could a man be just with God? I know the answer to that and I know it right now. I don't have to ask somebody's opinion or somebody to explain to me or show me a chart or give me some kind of reasoning behind it. I know right now from my own personal experience what it takes to be just with God. But the question is not for me this morning. It's for you. For those of you that, are, that, that hear my voice this day, do you know what it's like when Job said, how should a man be just with God? Job already knew that. But with Bildad, he was trying to say, well, Job, all this is happening to you in your life because of your children. And what he was trying to say is, he says, no. That's not the reason these things are happening to me in my life. He said, these are happening because we are sinful people and we need God. Job knew the answer. Matter of fact, I believe it's in about the 25th chapter, in the fourth, uh, 25th chapter of Job there, the 25th chapter in the fourth verse, he says it again. Job does. Later on in the 25th chapter, after his encounter uh, uh, with his friends again, he says, How then can a man be justified with God, or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Job, again, the 25th chapter in the 4th verse, he says, How should a man be just with God? Folks, this question that Job asked, not just to his friend Bildad, but he's asking to you. It's asking about your relationship with God. I think if we all stop in just a moment and we think about our relationships, there's some of them that are stronger than others. There's some that we might tell ourselves, well, we've got to work at it, or we need to put some more energy into it, or effort into it, or we need to work on it a little bit more. Folks, of all the relationships you can have in life, I want you to know the number one relationship you need and you need strong is a relationship with God. 
That's all. And then we have good rapport, relationships with our co-workers, and we want good rapport with our neighbors so we can live peaceably with all men. But folks, the number one relationship we need is a true, pure, genuine relationship with God. How do we get that? And I'm going to answer it now. I'll answer it again later. We get that through His Son, Jesus Christ. You've got to know Jesus. You've got to not know Him historically and answer those questions. You've got to know Him here, much like Job did. He said, how should a man be just with God? All of Job's so-called friends had some bad advice. But Job had a thought-provoking question that he was asking them. And the reason is, he was trying to take two ideas, and he wanted them to see for themselves. Not just say, no, you're wrong, and this is why you're wrong. He wanted them to understand why they were wrong. And here he comes and he asks his question there in that ninth chapter and he says, How should a man be just with God? And he keeps going on and, and, and he says there, uh, and, and he says, I know it is a soul of a truth, but how should a man be just with God? The question you have to ask yourself this morning is, is there a need to be just with God? You see, if a person doesn't know that there's a need for repentance, they're not going to repent. If a person doesn't know they're hungry, they're not going to want to eat. If they don't know the need of something, they're not going to want the solution to the problem they're in. So notice what he said. How should a man be just with God? Is there a need for being just? Is there a need for that? It's easy for you and I today to say, well, this is not my fault or this is not to blame for me or this is not my accountability. Folks, that means that there is no need for us. Jesus says that that's what He came for. He came that those that are in need, that they might have their needs met and their needs are met in Him. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit of God will do at some point in your life. Either He, he the Spirit of God, has... Or He, the Spirit of God, will reveal your need for Jesus in your life. And you can't undo that. You cannot undo the fact that He has shown you by His Spirit that you are a sinful, wretched man and you need to be just or righteous in the eyes of God. Now there's some things in our life we would love to undo, but folks, we just cannot undo it. I don't know when the first time was. Maybe this hour is the very first time in your life that the Spirit of God has entered in and shown you that you are a sinful person and you need to be just with God. And Job asked the question, he said, How should a man be just with God? Paul said in the book of Romans, I'll read to you a verse if I can, in the third chapter and the 19th verse, All have sinned. Who needs to be saved today? Well, it's easy for us to leave a church service or read a scripture and say, that can be for them or that's for them or that's for them. Folks, today, notice what Paul said, 3rd chapter of the 19th verse of Romans. He said, for all have sinned. You know what it means to sin? That means they once were here, but means they have wandered from the law. Let me ask you a question. If it means to wander from the law, it means there was a time in their life when they obeyed and they disobeyed. It's not that they become lost again, a child is born into this world and they are, I'll, let me, I'll say it like this. I believe God hears children. I believe God hears children. But those sweet, innocent children, there comes a time in their life when God's Spirit shows them their sinfulness and they've sinned. It's not that they've sinned for the first time in their life. They understood 
their sinfulness. You see, there's a difference in that. We're not saying that people just begin sinning at a certain point in their life. They understand their sinfulness. And we see here that Paul said that they are, for all have sinned. You see, God, His presence cannot be a part of sin. So therefore, if God, the Bible teaches us, Paul very, very uh, continually teaches us that the Spirit of God dwells in us. So if God cannot dwell with sin, He's got to get sin out of us. In other words, we got to be just. we got to have it as if it's never happened or as if it's not there. So what does God do? He puts Jesus, the Spirit of God, covers us with His blood. He enters into our heart and our soul becomes a, a, a tabernacle or a housing place for the presence of God in our life. That's why He told Nicodemus, He said, Nicodemus, I'm going to abide at your house. He said, I'm not just passing through. I want to move in with you and I'm going to stay with you. Folks, when God saves your soul and He moves in, it is not a temporary thing. He has taken up an abode in your life. And we see here when Paul said, all have sinned and they've drifted off, he said, you see, the only way God can live in your soul is if it is made righteous, or is, is very closely related, but not exact, but your heart is just. And when that becomes righteous, and then God can dwell there. You see, but in order to do that, He gives us a new heart. That's why we, we talk about being born again. Paul said that, that for all have sinned. How in the world can a sinful man be made just with God? And that's what Job asked. He said, how should a man be just with God? We can ask a simple question. How are you going to get to heaven? Where is heaven? We would point up or wherever you might want to point. But the question is, Job said, he says, how should a man be just with God? The next thing I want you to look at is, how do you get there? How do you get just with God? Notice what he said. He says, how should a man be just with God? Folks, we can find our righteousness that we need or being just with God is in a person, Jesus Christ. Being right with God, righteous with God, is not going to be by your own merit. In other words, all the things that you can do are not going to get you right with God. But I'll tell you this, God will approve the work of, the, of His Son, Jesus Christ. He approved it on Calvary. He approved it. He approves it in this form of the Holy Spirit that speaks into your heart. He, he works in that way and He believes in that. Notice what Paul said here in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse 21. He hath made him, talking about Jesus, be sin for us. Again, there in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, it says, Jesus was made sin. The Bible says he didn't sin. He was made sin. Who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Who is him? We are made righteous in Jesus Christ. I'm going to sum this up a whole different way. Folks, the only way that God will ever approve the work in us is if we have a relationship with Jesus. So I ask you how to be just with God and how can a man, as Job said there, he says, how should a man be just with God? How does that happen? You must have a relationship with Jesus. Do you have that relationship this morning? So when we see here this morning that this the remarkable question that Job began to ask here, the, 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 the remarkability of it is, is that that, that gets uh, Bildad to thinking, 
well, what is it? What do I need in my life? This morning, I hope that your, your heart is thinking about, Lord, what do I need for my relationship with you? And as Job said there, he says, uh, he says, how should a man be just with God? And then we see here that in 2 Corinthians, in that fifth chapter, that Paul talks about how that, that, that by Jesus Christ, we are made righteous. Folks, I believe it is that Isaiah says that we are all but filthy rags and we need God in our life. What good do you have in you? Preacher, there you go belittling people again and you start talking about how bad we are. Folks, our lifestyle is bad enough. It costs Jesus his own life. That's how bad of a people we are by our sinful nature. If you have good in you, that is because of what Christ has given you by his Spirit. Do I believe people can live good deeds? Yes. But are they doing the good deeds because of Christ? And we see here, and we'll talk about some of these in a minute, but he, but he asked that question, he says, How should a man be just with God? Now, you would almost get this idea that if man has a feud with God, we've separated from God, and we want that relationship established, the question that Job said is, Bildad, how are you going to have a relationship with God? This morning I'm asking you all that, are, that, that hear me this day, how are you going to have a relationship with God? Sometimes we will go the extra mile to work on a relationship with people. Well, we haven't seen this person in a long time, so we're going to get in the car and we're going to drive a long way, spend money or whatever we got to do, and we want to work on that relationship with them. Folks, today, I'm going to say this again. The most important relationship to work on is our relationship with God. And notice what he said. He said, I'm not worried about your relationship with man. I'm worried about your relationship with God. You're looking at one person today that believes in the importance of healthy relationships in this world. I'm a believer in that. We can talk about that another day. But I want to tell you something far more important than having a good relationship with the person sitting beside you is you having a relationship with God. Folks, today I pray that we would have an understanding. The most important relationship is how should a man be just with God. Folks, today, if I was to ask you as another human being, what will it take for us to get along good? Well, if you'll come do this or we'll go do that or I, I can do this for you, you can do that for me, we can talk about that, folks. God has laid a standard how we can be just with Him and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ. That standard's already been set. It's already been laid out. It's already been established. And, and, and the best news is, folks, it's attainable. It's not something that we can't reach for or we can't attain. It's something God has already given us. And it says, how should a man be just with God. I believe Job is trying to say, Bildad, you're going to have to change your way of things right now. If you're a sinner and you're running from God, you know what I believe? You're going to have to repent. Now some people don't really like the word, the definition of repent. Repent means to turn. Folks, if you are sinning, you're running from God. Repent means to turn back to God. If you're ever going to be saved, you will not be saved running from God. I'm going to say that again. You will never be saved running from God. He saves those that run to Him. 
This morning, don't be ashamed of who you are and the sinful nature that's about us. Don't run from God saying, well, I'm just a bad, miserable person. Run to Jesus. Run to Him. He'll fix you. He can take care of you. He can give you what you need to have a relationship with God. And it is mercy and forgiveness that He can give. Folks, He can do that. He's right there. The Bible says that He's at the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for us. And that's what He's doing. He's pleading our case as one that's walked in a flesh that was tempted just like you and I were tempted. He is here today and He's here for you and He's here for me. Why? So that we might be just with God. And that's what He's talking about here. That that if you want to be just with God, you need Jesus. There is no more and there is no less. We simply need Jesus. And I believe in that this morning that we need Jesus. You know, a lot of people have a lot of things in their life, but they don't have Jesus. They've got substitutes and they've got alternatives and they've got all these other things. But you know what? As we, uh, as we sing a song from time to time is that, we, you know, I'd rather have Jesus than anything else. And the truth is, He is the only one that we need in our life. The only one that gives us a proper relationship with God. And when Job asks the question, how should a man be just with God? That means, God, you have something available. Is Jesus available? For you and me today, yes. Is His atonement sacrifice available for you and for me? You know what the word atonement means. The word atonement means to pay the required price. So in other words, if you go to the store and I give you 50 cents and you, buy, or you get something for a dollar, I've, not given, I've given you some, but I've not given you enough to pay the debt that you have at a cash register. But you see, folks, when it comes to what Jesus gives you, I believe gives you exactly what you need to get out of the debt of sin that we are in. Preacher, I'm just, I'm not a bad person. I try to do what's right. We are a sinful natured people. If you do not believe that, just watch a child without any kind of guidance in their life. By their nature, they can do wrong. They have to be taught what's right. They have to be guided what's in right. They have to be pulled to the right path to do what's right. You see today, our sinful nature pulls us away from God. And God is pulling us back again. So you know what? Our life is filled full of tough questions. You may have been asked some tough questions in your life. You don't have to tell them to me. But you think about all the tough questions you've ever been asked. But have you ever been asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? That will make you stop exactly where you're at and say, Let's talk about this for a minute. You've got to believe. You've got to believe in Jesus. We believe in so many things. Do you believe in ghosts? Some people will, some people don't. Do you believe in, in this and that? And you know, and people's like, well, I believe in do you believe it's going to snow? Well, you may or may not believe in that. Do you believe that that that, that we're running out of supply of this? You may or may not, but there's a lot of things we want to believe in. But I'll tell you this of all the things you can and cannot believe in, you need to believe in the promises of God. You need to believe in Jesus. You need to believe in His atoning sacrifice that He has given to all of mankind. So when Job come along and he asked a question, how should a man be just with God? Let's turn back to Romans for just a minute and we're going to hush. Romans chapter 5. 
And let's read, if we can, the 11th verse. And not only so, this is, this is what ha- Paul's talking about in Romans here, about what happens when you're justified. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. I had to stop and look up that word atonement. That's what he says right there. He says, now that we have received the atonement. And the word atonement means the business of money changers or the exchangement of equivalent values. The exchange of equivalent values. Let me me expound on one thing for just a second. The only thing we can give God is God himself. When Jesus was born, he was Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. One of these days, there's going to be people standing before God, and instead of giving them the works of Jesus, they're going to pull them down, and they're going to say, well, I did this, and this, and this, and this. It has to be equivalent or equal to. Now, if we give God the works of Jesus Christ, then let's step down to the next level. What do we give Jesus? Versus what did He give us? Folks, I'm going to close with something, but I want to tell you. The night the Lord saved my soul, it was not equal what I gave to Him and what He gave to me. I gave Him a whole lot of heaviness. I gave Him a whole lot of brokenness. I gave him a whole lot of sinfulness because I was not just. But folks, that's where grace comes in. God's grace and God's mercy was bestowed upon me that night. And you know what? I became just in the eyes of God. And now one day I can give God uh, the, the works of His Son Jesus that He has done in me. You see, Jesus talks about here that, uh, that, that, that through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement. We didn't have something beforehand, but what we sure do now. All these people are going to go before God saying, God, look what I have, look what I have. Folks, do you know what I have to give to God? All I have to give Him is Jesus. That's all I've got to give God is Jesus. And you know what? I've got Him to give. There's a lot of people roaming this earth right now. They don't have Jesus to give. They don't have anything to give. And I pray today that if you can hear my voice and you're here, that you would find that relationship with Jesus. And when that day comes and you stand before God, you can give Him that. That relationship with His Son Jesus. So this morning when when we ask that question, how should a man be just with God? I can't just answer the question for you. I pray that you can. God bless you this morning is my prayer. I pray this morning that God would just touch each and every one of you in a way that he's able to. Let's get a song if we could.